0: Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast, this is episode 33 and today I spoke with Dr. Courtney Hunt all about light, mitochondria, DNA, ketosis, sunshine, same thing as light, and I was so excited to bring her here onto the show because I have personally been working with her since May of this year. I feel that she has really helped me to accomplish a lot of things that I was not able to accomplish with just diet alone. And I see so many people struggling in this area where they're just trying to do a diet and they need extra help, they need extra guidance. And Dr. Courtney Hunt has been that for me that has made all the difference in my health. So I'm very excited to bring her here. I will encourage you to please go to the show notes underneath the episode. Follow her. She does free teaching every single morning over on Instagram live. You can also go to Amazon and get her book. Your spark is light. Also, please do leave her a review over there. If you do buy her book, and if you're interested in any of the genetic protocol products i have been using those for the last number of months along with my protocol strategically with dr hunt you can use my discount code yogi to save 10% on her products over at the genetic protocol store so please do enjoy this episode make sure you follow her again she has been absolutely instrumental in helping me to heal over the last number of months and accomplish some things I haven't been able to accomplish with just diet alone. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. As we talk about in this episode, many people are deficient in micronutrients as well as vitamin D and they have absolutely no idea. Let's Get Checked is a service where you can order blood tests to be done at the comfort of your very own home. You can use my code yogi30 to save 30% off of any of the let's get checked tests. You can do this anywhere in the US and most of Europe as well. So if you are curious about where your vitamin D levels actually are, where your micronutrient levels are, what's your A1C? Any of those things you can check from the convenience of your very own home and have those results delivered to you online within just two to three days after taking the test. Again, my discount code is Yogi30. Thanks again to Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this episode. Let's get right into it. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. I am super excited about today's guest because I have Been studying her work and actually working with her offline as well. So I'm really excited to bring on Dr. Courtney Hunt. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this talk.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. Um, If you guys don't follow her, I'll put all of her information in the information section show notes for you. But she teaches every single morning on Instagram. And I just, I tune into that every morning that I can. And I feel like I've learned so much just from those Instagram lives. And that takes so much dedication. I was talking with a friend of mine. I'm like, how the heck does she have that kind of dedication to get up every morning and teach for free? It's, it's remarkable.
1: I just enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I think people need the information. People are starving for information and they don't know where to look. And I have studied so long and so hard, and I was able to get my brain back to the shape that it was in when I was in my 20s and my teenage years even. And so if it's in my head and I can see the path, why not share it? I don't think that it's information that you can put a price tag on.
0: I agree. I agree. And I, we all appreciate you, all of us that tune in and listen. So thanks again for, for giving your time so freely. Um Yeah, if we could go back, you know, how you healed your own brain, I would love to share with my listeners, your story of, you know, being an OBGYN and just everything that you dealt with delivering babies all night and,
1: and, and your story of healing. Oh gosh. Well, um, I have been in solo practice OBGYN since 2005. I always knew ever since I was a child that I wanted to be a doctor and that I wanted to have my own practice. Um, I've been in practice in general since 2001 and my first year in private practice, after I finished residency at UCLA, I started seeing so many moms in the cl- in my clinic that were so sick with Hashimoto's depression, anxiety. And I thought, what is going on um, at that time? I thought it was the breast implants. Um, Cause I was in a city in Southern California where everyone got breast implants after they had their kids. Um, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I moved to a smaller town in Arizona, not a small town, but I moved to a smaller hospital in Arizona and I wasn't seeing it as much, or it wasn't striking me as much. And then as the years progressed, I, and I started my own practice. I started seeing it again. I started seeing more and more women coming back, depressed, anxious, hypothyroid with children who had, um, also, you know, ADD, ADHD, And then elderly people who were just coming in saying, I'm exhausted and I've been exhausted my whole life. I've never felt good. And about that time, that was probably 2012, 2013. I started being interested in mitochondria and realizing that the mitochondria were the root of all evil when it comes to healthcare or the root of all good or the root of all bad, because they're making our energy. And I started to realize it was a balance between energy and inflammation or that teeter totter, as I call it, between energy over inflammation. I started getting sick myself. I remember in 2014 and 2015, not being able to remember things. I had to take, um, a written board exam for the OBGYN boards. Mm-hmm. And I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to retain the information. And when I was a kid, when I was in college, medical school residency, I used to be able to walk into a test and be done in 20 minutes when it would take other people three hours. I never understood how I did that. I just knew the answers. And, um, so, I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to take the test. Like I used to be able to take the test. I couldn't figure out why I I had, I guess you could call it a photographic memory and that was gone and I couldn't figure out what was happening. And um, so I took some brain tests in 2015 and realized that I was slipping. Um, I realized that I had Hashimoto's and my, or hypothyroidism, which is an autoimmune condition of your thyroid about that same time. started gaining weight i couldn't hike my mountain that i hiked anymore Uh, and i was married to someone who had been diagnosed with refractory celiac and almost died so my husband Mm. had his own autoimmune issues so all that kind of came to get culminated in me thinking okay well if we know mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell and we know that all of this is mitochondrial dysfunction what's the mitochondria doing well it's regulating the expression of our dna through energy production what I started looking at nutritional genetics. So that's a field of how your body converts one molecule to another by enzymes. And um, I had always been interested in genetics and stem cells and cloning and that kind of thing. But even since I was a kid, Um, but I started realizing, okay, if we can see the DNA of who's going to get cancer, for example, a BRCA gene, why can't we see the DNA of how we make something like glutathione or how we turn over our brain chemistry. Why, why can't we look at that code and figure out what nutrients you could put into a body to make it work more efficiently. So that kind of started me down the path of, of where I am now. Yeah. And you had to, you
0: were basically like delivering babies all night and up all night? And how much do you think that really played into this kind of decline of like brain function and the onset of the Hashimoto's?
1: I think it was a combination of not sleeping and eating too much sugar. Yeah. It was the combination of both and not getting any sun. The first time I checked my vitamin D level, I think it was 12. Oh, wow. So I had no, you know, I didn't see the sun ever. I worked every weekend. There were months I did 30 to 40 deliveries a month and ate plus surgeries a week. I was wow. really busy and, um, I never went outside. I lived wow. in Arizona to be by the sun. Cause I knew the sun felt good. I knew there was something about sunshine that I had to have, but in that career, I slept on my couch. I didn't go home. I slept in the call room every night. So, um, so I was a mess when I first checked my own labs and realized I, never, I didn't check my labs. I didn't go to the doctor. I was a doctor who didn't go to the doctor like all the other doctors. I didn't have time for it. And when I checked my labs and saw that my thyroid antibodies were in the hundreds, I panicked and that my vitamin D was 12. I panicked and, and thought, I have to figure this out. So what led you down
0: the road that you are now of light protocols and ketosis and fasting? How did you get there from where you were? How did you use those things to heal yourself and how long did it take you?
1: So I went to a functional medicine meeting and I had been checking all of my pregnant moms, zinc, B12, folate, vitamin D, because those are the four big things that you could get insurance to cover. Right. And I was Mm -hmm. working in a clinic where I took state, um, uh, in tr- my clinic, I took state insurance. I took all insurance. So, and people don't want to pay extra to have their nutrients tested. So I just started checking my mom's and they all had deficiencies in vitamin D. I'm not talking a few, like all, wow. they all had B12 levels, which is responsible for myelination of a nerve that were 200, 300. Um, many of them had folate deficiencies, even though they were taking folic acid. Um, synthetic folic acid, which Mm. was what was in the multivitamins for the most part back then, or the prenatal vitamins. Um, And I started doing complete thyroid panels, right? And so many of the moms had thyroid antibodies and were hypothyroid. And I never would have known because you're, it's, we're not, um, you know, we follow algorithms in our, in our colleges. We we're taught what to test and what not to test based on the scientific data, which is mostly funded by pharmaceutical industries. And if you follow the algorithm for routine OB care, it doesn't involve checking any of that, nor does it involve checking a complete thyroid panel on anyone, even though there's data that shows, for example, things like positive thyroid antibodies or, or a TSH barely out of range can lower the IQ of your child. Wow. So, uh, so I started checking those things. I went to a functional medicine conference and I was walking down this concourse and I saw this gentleman who was an ophthalmologist standing in front of a huge, what looked like a huge map of the methylation pathway. And I was at the Venetian and I don't remember in the concourse at the Venetian, if it has the same ceiling as the, um, the mall that's there where they have all the clouds, but it felt like God opened up the clouds and shined the sun down on the sky and said, (laughs) look at this guy. So I went and looked at it. And, um, I said to him, if this is what the methylation pathway does for, he was talking about um, macular problems and retinal problems. If this is what the methylation pathway does in the eye, what's it doing when we're building a baby? Like we're not taught anything besides if you have MTHFR, you may be at risk for miscarriage and preeclampsia. That's about the extent of what you learn in residency. Mm. Uh, so that led me down the path of studying you know, COMT and MAO. And I just expanded my knowledge from there on genetics. At the same time, I was starting to feel better and I was hiking in the sunrise and I was feeling this, what I called then a flow state in the sun, knowing that if I stayed out too late the night before, or if I ate too many carbs the night before, or if I had too much wine the night before, I would not feel like walking in the light in the morning. And I would miss that, what felt like an activation. Um, And so I started researching light and I started researching mitochondria and how that connects. So this was in 2016. In 2017, I started looking for those answers.
0: And that's when you started yourself, your own journey of kind of diving into ketosis and fasting and learning more and more about this. How long did that take you from kind of starting, you know, in 2017 to maybe see some of the thyroid issues go away, start to shed some of the weight? Was it an easy pattern or easy path no. to take or No. <laughs>
1: In 2016 in April of 2016 I went to a nutrigenetics conference at, with people from all over the world and it was here and I'm looking at the men in their 40s and 50s who were ripped and I'm thinking what are these guys who have the energy to bike 35 miles a day and then get up and give these lectures and then jump around the room and all talk they've got like this brotherhood going on and the women don't look involved <laughs> and all the people in the audience don't look like that. What are they doing that's different? So I had to leave for the afternoon. And I said to my girlfriend who I was sitting by record everything that they say, what are they doing? What is, what are these guys doing? So I, that's what got me interested in ketosis, because if these guys at 40 and 50 years old could be doing that much, I thought, why? why doesn't the whole world know about this? So she did. And I started dabbling and thinking that I was eating a ketogenic uh, diet, which I've now come to realize you're either pregnant or you're not. You're either in ketosis or you're not, it's not a diet. It's not. I don't believe that it's someone that's something that someone can trademark or put their name on or hashtag it. It is, it is not a doctor's name. I'm very Uh adamant about that. It is not the name of anybody. It is a metabolic switch that you can use to boost your energy production and save your immune system and save yourself from, from health issues um, so I started playing with it then I started playing with it more in 2017, but I never quite got there because I would get up and I would have a keto bar before I went on my hike, which is eight grams of carbs. And when you're 159 pounds, which I was at the time, you're never going to get into ketosis eating that many carbs before you even exercise. But I, it took me probably, um, I got serious about it in the summer of 2018. And I, I, I had to learn the hard way. Okay. If you're not in ketosis, you have to go running. If you're not in ketosis, you have to get up and move your butt until you get back in. Um, And so by the summer of 2019, I would say I was consistently in ketosis. And then that summer is when I decided, okay, I'm going to try to reverse my thyroid. Um, And it started coming down. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought, okay, I don't want to be on a natural thyroid hormone replacement in the middle of a pandemic, because I had seen the natural, you know, armor and, and NP thyroid be pulled from the shelf uh, before. And I was afraid that that would happen during the pandemic. So starting in March, March 21st, I remember the day um, my friend said to me, you need to get off that medication. And I said, you know what? You're right. And I started weaning it. Wow. So it took me until December of 2020 to get off of it. Cause I went slow. I didn't, I didn't want to gain weight or have the brain fog. So I just dropped a little tiny bit at a time. And in that process, you were also able to
0: lose like about 30 pounds, right. And get your antibodies down.
1: So my antibodies went to normal and I lost, I went down to 130 to 132 pounds, which is where I sit now. Wow. That's amazing. Well, before I took two vacations. this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this been... but I had a few more cheat meals.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've been traveling with you this summer to all kinds of places and looking at your um your refeed days. <laughs> <laughs> but you always have ketones the very next day, which is I think very telling about your metabolic health, about what you've been able to do with your body and I think you know, and I've referred people over to your page to go follow you. Cause people are like, what are you doing? You know, what's different about you. And I'm like, I'm working with Dr. Hunt. I'm taking her advice. That's really what's different. Go follow her. I always get the people freaking out of like, Oh my gosh, she just is eating pecan pie. And I'm like, yeah, but she's literally back in the ketosis the next day. You can't necessarily do that. Like if you're brand new to this.
1: No, I couldn't do that in 2016. I couldn't do that in 2017 when I was writing the book on quantum mechanics, I didn't do it at all that year because I didn't, I didn't know that year, what would throw me out of that heightened state of cognition. And I didn't want to leave that state. So when I was writing that book, I was very compulsive about what I was eating. Um, But now I can have a piece of pie and be back in ketosis the next day, but that took losing 30 pounds and burning off all my fat and cleaning my cells.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people don't really understand. I mean, I don't think that those foods are like going to kill you, but if you're not cleaning your cells, if you're overweight, if you're not in that state regularly, then those things will
1: bring you down. Right. Um, I look at it a little bit differently. If our goal is to enter autophagy, which means self-cleaning and really repair our damaged tissue, our damaged um, molecules, our damaged proteins, our damaged mitochondria, and ultimately our DNA that is, has um, been poisoned by heavy metals. Once you do that, you have to rebuild tissue, right? You have to rebuild mm-hmm. it. And the carbohydrates allow you to take nutrients and deliver them into the cell. It's a mechanism of storage. So if you consume unadulterated sugar and you've just fasted yourself into cleanliness, I look at it as a tool to, mm-hmm refeed myself. Another um yeah, I just look at it as a tool. I look at sugar as a tool to deliver vital nutrients into my cell when I just cleaned myself so that I can repair um with the right nutrition. Meaning that I take sense. meaning taking my vitamins when I'm eating the sugar.
0: Okay. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people just the cognitive dissonance is so real and some, something I've heard you say quite a bit. And that I've also experienced is that when we're in sugar burning mode, we're just not as as clear. And you took all that time when you're writing your book, your spark is light, which I'll put in the information section for you guys. Definitely check it out. I have a copy, but you took all that time to just not do any of the sugar, any of the refeeds, any of that, because you wanted to keep that connection and that mental clarity. Can we talk about that just a little more?
1: Well, at that time when I would have sugar, I would be really achy and tired the next day. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have, I had, uh, agreed that I would with people that I would finish the paper that I wrote by December 25th and then the book by April. Um, and so I didn't, because I had made a commitment to do that. I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I had time, someone else's time to waste. Um, and so I didn't cheat because every time I cheated, every time I had a bag of chips, I was achy and tired and couldn't focus. So Mm. your brain, now we're going to jump way ahead, but your brain functions like a receiver for information. And, um, when you take yourself out of ketosis, you lower your ATP, which is our energy molecule production by 400%, four Mm. times like when you when your brain is burning sugar for fuel you're burning one you're you have one quarter of the amount of energy if you're then if you're burning ketones for fuel is another way to say that and that energy is located around your nerves those mitochondria that are making that atp is located around your nerves and so your neurons in your head so their number one job is to help with the electrical stimulation and the transmission of your neurotransmitters your chemistry in your brain so when you walk around in that heightened energy state you're firing your action potentials better your your synaptic fire is better your chemical turnover in your brain meaning your dopamine your serotonin recycling that that's better so just that half of the equation your cognition is so much better
0: yeah yeah i agree completely and you know i'm somebody that struggled with lifelong depression and was put on medications from a young age, couldn't focus, was told I had ADD. And for me, ketosis has been the thing that's kept me medication free um, for many years now. And I'm so grateful that I found this lifestyle and this, this way, because, you know, I don't want to be on those medications, but I, I literally felt like I couldn't participate in life. Like I couldn't focus. And I just was I just had like this permanent brain fog until I started, you know, ketosis and adding in some fasting. It just, it's amazing.
1: Right. Well, we have a neurotransmitter called glutamate that makes us anxious and nervous and excited. And when it enters a receptor in our brain, it's really hard to carve it out of there. Um, And it's the chemical that makes you feel like you have to run from the lion, but it just it'll trigger and trigger and trigger until you fall apart with anxiety and inability to sleep and all of your systems start to um, get derailed. And the number one way you can lower that glutamate is through ketosis. Yeah. And it's proven in epilepsy. It's proven in autism. It's proven in neurodegenerative diseases that are caused by excessive glutamate. I mean, it's pretty solidly proven in the literature, but I just want to say, to me, this is not about being in ketosis all the time. This is mm-hmm. not about, it's not about being thinking you're gonna be severely restricted and not ever be able to have sugar again. It's about finding a rhythm for yourself, losing all of your fat, meaning dumping, dumping the size of cells, burning off all of that fuel so that your body can become more efficient. When your body becomes more efficient, then you go back and forth. If you want to have the donut, you have the donut, but then you exercise for two hours the next morning, or then you fast until lunch the next day and you get yourself back into that efficiency state quickly. You don't go for day after day, after day, after day, carb loading to the point where you can't get off the couch every night again.
0: Yeah. And that's what I, you know, I tell people get to a place where you're stable, where you've been in ketosis for a little while, if you want to have these refeeds and then you don't do it day after day after day. Um, And not everyone I know can do that. Some people, there's like a mental switch that flips off with them. If they have one thing, one day, they have to have it every single day. So would you say for those people that kind of get into that addictive type of behavior that maybe they should not so much experiment with those, those days or find something different that they'd want to refeed with.
1: I think they still need a refeed day. I mean, they, they can use fruits and vegetables, but that's where the pesticide is coming in. Mm, yep. Um, I think that not that I don't eat fruits and vegetables, I'm not anti fruit and vegetable. I'm just all about flipping that GDK switch glycolysis to ketone switch all the time. I'm making sure that I can flip it. Um, I think that because we don't teach our children this, because we've lost what the religions say about fasting in our culture, they don't know that they have a mechanism to preserve the health or youth of their cells. And even though autophagy won a Nobel prize, um, it's not something that we teach our kids. So if we all were on the same page and taught our kids, okay, you have a mechanism, To clean yourself and you can enter it and then you can eat whatever you want and you can enter it and then you can eat whatever you want. I think a lot of the diseases around eating, the mental health diseases around eating, the addiction would go away. I mean, sugar, I just made a post on my Instagram last night that sugar is the most addictive substance. And every time, and I make that post all the time. Normally when I make it, it gets blocked and fact checked last night. It didn't, for some reason, I don't know why, but it is, it makes you have massive fluctuations in dopamine and serotonin, and it also grooms your um, probiotics in your gut to crave more sugar. So your bacteria in your gut are actually secreting neurotransmitters telling you to crave more of that stuff. So it's really hard to overcome that.
0: Yeah. And I think that having sugar all the time, kind of what we've already spoken about is that it puts you in this constant inflammation state and that you just kind of I was. I felt like I just didn't really pay attention to the world around me so much. And now I find myself just want them, the longer I do this, I want to learn more. I want to listen to lectures about, I listened to an hour and a half lecture about um, genes and mitochondria the other day by uh, I think Dr. I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And I can't, you know, I just couldn't get enough of it. But if I had tried to listen to that a couple of years ago, like forget it, you know, it was just me wanting to, listen to whatever music or stuff about food and the diet, you know, different diets and things. I love how you're like, oh, it's not a diet. It's a metabolic state because so many people are so myopically focused on food, you know, (laughs) that that's going to do everything. And it's like, we have to, I feel like we have to start thinking higher level. That's why another reason I wanted to bring you on for my listeners to really understand you and your work is that. You don't sit here and, and say carnivore or keto or paleo or whatever. It's like, this is a metabolic switch that we're trying to flip, right?
1: This is the difference between being awake and being a non-player character. This is a difference between pattern recognition and not recognizing patterns. This is the difference between living a life where you want to go out of this life with the ultimate knowledge versus going out of this life with a sick body that's falling apart from dementia or diabetes. This is a wake up call. This is you're either aware of what's going on in this climate that we live in right now, or you're not, you either understand the science of what's happening or you don't, this is, this is what separates the men from the boys or the women from the girls. in my mind you're either awake and you want to be learning because you're only getting out of here with love and knowledge not getting out of here with anything else or you're asleep and you're laying on the couch doing what the television tells you, which is basically to believe that you have an autoimmune disease and that you need an autoimmune drug to get rid of your Crohn's colitis, eczema, whatever it is. You don't need those things, but, but there's enough information being pulsed at you telling you that you do that. You'll believe it if you lay on the couch and watch those shows and you'll go out and take it. Yeah, this this is, this is the awakening.
0: It is. And I, I'm sure you have the same thing, but I'm just, I'm a certified nutrition coach. And I have a lot of people that come to me on Instagram and they've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on all these blood tests and functional medicine doctors. And I'm like,
1: (sighs) uh -uh. I see just as much, not just as much. I think the functional medicine community Those doctors really want to help people, but there's also the trap of how much money can I make? I'm trying what they're doing is they're usually two to $300,000 in debt. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: They've been in practices where they have to see 30, 40, 50. Some of the eye doctors see 90 patients a day. They're exhausted. They have children. They probably overspent on their homes and their cars. They're in a not great financial situation. Most of them, they don't own their own practices and they're trying to find a way out. So when you go to a functional medicine clinic and they offer you to be tested to death, right? You need the hormone test. You need the biome test. You need the, this, you need the, that, what is testing going to do? It's not going to put you into ketosis, right? Right. Your genes can tell you what nutrients you make and don't make. And that's not that expensive to do compared to the 75 to a hundred thousand dollars. Most people I've seen have spent on functional medicine doctors being tested to death. Um, when you realize it, it boils down to that metabolic switch. Are you in it? Are you not in it? And sun exposure, light exposure, Mm -hmm. those are the sunshine and ketosis, ketosis and sunshine. They have to go hand in hand. Um, You can save yourself a lot of money. Yeah, I agree. And
0: I, you know, I've fallen down that trap before. And before I started working with you, I was talking with a friend of mine and Um, she actually is a functional medicine doctor, but she recommended that I seek you out and look at some of your work for some of the things that I was looking at. And she was like, I could look at your labs. I could do all that for you, but I just feel like this is the route that you need to go for what you're trying to accomplish. And I'm so glad that I did because it's been help. I mean, I've lost like 25 pounds and I could, I was carnivore, For you know, doing the carnivore diet for over two years and gaining weight, you know, because I wasn't in ketosis, and everyone says that's not important. You don't need it, and so I kind of was listening to that. I wasn't getting sun exposure. My vitamin D was like a thirty-three, and now I've lost twenty-five pounds, and my vitamin D is a sixty just since May. And it's like, God, I wish that you know. And you're teaching this stuff for free. I'm like. People need to stop overcomplicating things with all these labs and, and trying to be on a specific diet and just get the information.
1: Well, our mitochondria were meant to live under the sunlight on a 365 day cycle. They're taking cues from light, electromagnetic frequency, energy, information. It's all of that. And we were meant to hunt and eat, hunt and refeed. We are just groups of mitochondria and bacteria That's all we are that got organized and, um, to complicated. And, and like I said, you call it another doctor's name, nothing against the doctors that name diets after themselves, but it is the foundational mechanism that we have to heal ourselves. And it should be free for everybody. A ketogenic diet is not expensive. It doesn't have to be expensive. A can of tuna is a couple dollars, eggs are a couple dollars. It's not, it, it if we all had access to this, it would be a completely different world that we live in. I agree. And then, you know, the role
0: of seafood, I think a lot of people don't really realize how powerful that is. I think eating my, my just spoonful of salmon roe caviar (laughs) five days a week, it's doesn't taste that great, but (laughs) it gets the job done. And we have wild scallops and salmon for the other days, but can we talk a little bit about the importance of seafood in, in all of this? Sure. So I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode. Just a quick little reminder, if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes, you can leave me up to a five-star review. It really helps to get this episode out to more people, to get this podcast out to more people. What I really want to do with this podcast is continue to bring guests to you guys that can be a resource to you in your own healing journey. We often don't just need one thing, but we need a few things in order to fit together those puzzle pieces to our health. And so it is my ongoing mission to continue to bring you guests and information like Dr. Hunt that can help you to keep putting those puzzle pieces together yourself. Again, head on over to Apple, leave me a review. If you're over on Instagram, please do take a screenshot of this episode and tag me or repost it and tag me. I always love to hear from people who are listening to these episodes. And I want to thank again, Let's Get Checked for sponsoring today's episode. You can use my code Yogi30 over at Let's Get Checked and get 30% off of any of their tests. All right, let's jump back
1: into the episode. We evolved on this planet. I'm going to go big picture first. We evolved on this planet to receive the electromagnetic energy from the sun. So we perceive that as colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and then ultraviolet A and B, which we can't see. Seafood DHA is a really powerful, um, anti-inflammatory, but in our eye, it is the molecule that quantum entangles light. So if the light is energy in, in a from a quantum perspective, the electromagnetic radiation from the sun is packets of energy. I call it the surfers riding the waves and from on a 24 hour cycle, as we go through those colors, it's like a song. It's like a symphony <clears throat> as the sun rises and gets into the ultraviolet window. And then the sun sets, it's like Do, Re, Mi, Faso, La, Ti, Do, and then back down. And that is instructions for our mitochondria. And this won a Nobel prize in 2017, which is really hard for people to swallow when they call me crazy and say, what is she talking about? (laughs) But it won a Nobel prize on circadian rhythm in our retina. The DHA is what is entangling light. That means that the photons of light are hitting our retina and causing an excitation in the DHA to send information to the middle of our brain, to pulse out instructions for our mitochondria to know what you can say what time it is, but it's really what frequency is coming through so that they know when to make hormones, when to make energy, when to enter autophagy. So that, that connection won a Nobel prize for Einstein in 1921. That's called the photo photoelectric effect or the photovoltaic effect. And it's happening in us. So the fascinating th- fascinating thing to me is when you start to realize all of these major accomplishments in science, they're all reverse engineering of what the body can do naturally. What God's gifts to us are is, is what people win Nobel prizes over. Um, so, I mean, DHA is the molecule that talks to the light, the electromagnetic field, the universe, one of wow. the molecules.
0: Yeah, so it's extremely important that if we, And I would love to talk about vitamin D a little bit, which is actually, I think I heard you talk about in a live the other day that it's, it's a steroid hormone, right? That it helps to reduce inflammation. So in getting your vitamin D up, that seafood is really important, right?
1: Well, I think of vitamin D is the queen of the mountain. So Mm -hmm. you only make vitamin D in your skin from LDL cholesterol in the ultraviolet window. And you can use an app called D minder. If you're new to this, it's like reminder, but D minder to see when your ultraviolet window opens and closes. So right now in Arizona, it opens around nine and closes around four. As the winter months come, that's going to close. And if you live north of about Nashville, it's going to completely close and you won't be able to make it. But if you check a vitamin D level, it's telling you how much of your cholesterol, your LDL cholesterol, you converted in your skin to vitamin D all summer. So low vitamin D means high cholesterol, or you're not converting it all summer long. But it also then is a reflection of, did you get red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, all of the other wavelengths of light that Mm. over the next hundred years, we're probably going to discover that every molecule in our body is taking instruction from the light. So when you go outside in the middle of the day, you dilate your capillaries, the blood cells are brought to the surface, they get excited by light histidine, the histidine problem that we have you, you is part of this. Your vitamin D is the marker that you got all of it, all of it. So mm-hmm. if you didn't get enough sun in the summer, summer after summer, after summer, that's how you get into conditions like multiple sclerosis or histamine intolerance or mast cell or POTS. That's, par- I mean, that's not all of it. People get upset when I like isolate it to one thing because they're like, well, I'm in the sun all day, but I still have it. It's not all of it, but it is a huge mm. component. Getting your skin in the sun without a bunch of reactive oxygen species in your skin is a huge piece of healing yourself. And what about people who, cause
0: <laughs> I did a video on my YouTube recently kind of talking about a lot of this stuff and how I took my vitamin D from a 30 to a 60. And every I got so many comments of people like, Oh, I can't, I don't have time to go in the sun. So I'm just, I just take a vitamin D supplement with a K2. Um, That's all I do. And my levels are fine. What do? (laughs) can we talk about that a little bit? Cause I was like,
1: that's not how you do it. (laughs) I mean, your connection to the electromagnetic field is your connection to the universe. So if you take a pill, you're missing that connection. That's the simplest way to say it. It is your connection to the light. It is your connection to source. It is your connection to clean your brain. It is all of the frequencies that you need. It's how you heal psoriasis. It's how you heal eczema. It's the light. I mean, the dermatologists buy, I was just looking at a UVB bed to have in my office. They're $3,500. So the dermatologists spend a ton of money to shine light on you when you could just go outside for free. Right. And the biohackers are buying juice and buying this and buying not, not to belittle any company, but people are spending hundreds of dollars on these lights. It's free when you go outside Yeah, and your health is worth it. Your yeah. health is worth it. And that's how you're eliminating your cholesterol or lowering your, your, it's not even about lowering your cholesterol because we've been fed a crock of about the Ansel cholesterol. Case. Too. Yeah. Your cholesterol makes your brain, your cholesterol makes your vitamin D your cholesterol makes your hormones. It is the backbone of everything you need to function. It is your mem. It is the, it's what allows for the fluidity in the membrane of your cells. So we've been lied to about the cholesterol. Um, but it's part of how the body's supposed to function. It's I, I think of our bodies as like a Chipotle line. And as we go through the biochemistry, <laughs> we're just adding right the <laughs> all the different <laughs> stuff. It's just part of your Chipotle line. <laughs> you have to get your sunshine.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's frustrating and that people just want to take a pill for things. They want to just follow a specific diet and take a pill. And that's that's really tough because for me, I have been following a specific diet and, and doing a a regimen, but it wasn't working because I wasn't getting out to see the sunrise every morning. I wasn't getting actual sunlight on my skin. I wasn't doing those things and just making those switches and just saying, I'm going to see this as flipping a metabolic switch instead of following a specific diet, getting out, getting sun on my skin, getting to the sunrise every morning and being very, very strict about that. Those are the things that That made the biggest change for me, yet people are, they have such cognitive dissonance, they just want to take pills, you know?
1: I kind of look at it as the magazine phenomenon and now the Instagram phenomenon. People like the shiny things, Mm -hmm. right? Women like to used to like to go to the salon so they could sit down with their vote magazine and look at the pretty pictures, but now we have pretty pictures on our phone constantly. And so you can constantly be scrolling for the next pretty thing. You can constantly be looking for the next doctor to follow. You can constantly be looking for the next health guru to follow. You can constantly be looking for the shiny diet name. You can constantly be looking for the next fasting diet to follow. But the true healing comes when you look inside. You don't need a guru. You need to put your mitochondria in the right light and teach them how to hunt and eat, hunt and eat, hunt and eat. It's if, when you focus within, you start looking for the, you stop looking for the next shiny thing.
0: Yep. I, and so many dot di- so much diet hopping is happening in just in the space that I've been for the last three years. Some, there's some people that have switched from thing to thing. And now there's this whole group of people that say um, if you do, a keto, you know, a ketogenic diet, you're going to absent a carnivore diet. It's going to wreck your thyroid. It's going to tank your hormones and that you have to eat. They're big on fruit and they keep on beating the drum of like, these diets are dangerous. They're bad. Don't do them. Um, you got to eat fruit. You got to eat sugar. It's vital. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, it's ridiculous. Well, you really
1: haven't studied all the information on autophagy. No, But here's, here's the piece, You have to refeed, Mm. you go to the brink of starvation and then you refeed, you go to the brink of starvation. How would you have hunted? You would have had to hunt for a few days and you would have had a winter, you know, a couple thousand years ago, you would have had a winter that you would have had to endure where food was scarce, but when food was abundant, you would eat and then you would go home and get tired by your campfire. You'd have sex because your steroid hormones were working. You'd wake up. You'd eat the rest of the meal and then you'd have to do it again. That's how we evolved. We've only been taking out been taken out of that environment for a very brief time. But on the flip side, we are about to have the biggest quantum evolution. That if we don't wake up and come to our senses and lift the sugar fog, we're we're gonna see something happen and we're gonna be blindsided by it in a way that. We won't even know what hit us.
0: Yeah, let's um, talk about that just a little bit because you do talk about that in your live streams quite a bit. Of we need to be more careful about what we're googling, what we're, what information we're feeding um, into <laughs> the system, if you will, and how that could come back on us. And we're down here fighting these little wars about fruit, um, and there's something something much bigger going on, right?
1: There's something huge going on so the way i look at it is that um when we and i'm going to go big picture again when we exploded out of the vacuum at the moment of the big bang which was 13.8 billion years ago to the best of our ability with our telescopes to see everything was quantum for a split second a Planck second a very short quantum second We evolved over the last 13.8 billion years to have this galaxy, this home, this Milky Way, this earth, this Goldilocks zone, our mitochondria on this planet, responding to sunlight day in and day out. We had another, what I call quantum evolution happen at the bottom of the ocean. So we were at one time just cells at the bottom of the ocean, bubbling up from the energy from the vents at the bottom of the ocean, trying to reach the surface to get to the light that was theoretically another quantum evolution. We are on the brink of the quantum computing being at our fingertips and a quantum computer can calculate information that it would take billions of years for this Mac that I'm talking to you on to calculate in a few seconds. We have quantum teleportation that's already been proven in the lab, teleportation of light across long distances We have quantum entanglement, meaning connection between subatomic particles across time and space, not just space, but time. We are at the brink of a quantum evolution for humanity. We are at the brink of artificial intelligence becoming sentient and whatever way you look at that, and we can get into that, but we're at the brink of an artificial intelligence becoming sentient. And that artificial intelligence doesn't have to take a break and it can know everything about you. So I think people are waking up to the fact that your phone knows when you're gonna buy a pair of shoes. Your phone knows when you need new batteries for your flashlight. Your phone knows when you last bought diapers on Amazon so that, they, so that it knows when to start promoting that to you again. It's all about sales. What can it get you to buy? It knows your psychology better than your husband or your wife knows your psychology. So when all of that is able to be fed into a quantum internet that can calculate things faster than the speed of light. And and that's a controversy in physics. I realized for the physicists who are listening to me, they're gonna say, oh, nothing travels faster than the speed of light. Quantum entanglement travels faster than the speed of light. It does. Hmm. So um, that's a problem. And the analogy that I see for that is I was at um, a social media meeting in Aspen, Colorado in 2019, where a social media leader, an unnamed leader said, I would never censor people on my platform. I will never censor people. They may say crazy things, but I'm not going to censor them. I have the recording of him saying it. Oh, wow. And now here we are on his platforms. You can't hashtag the word son. When yep. I talk about fat, oh, you can not type it in
0: and you can't you see type
1: it Type in fat and you can't see the word fat. Yep. Right. So not to mention what just happened with the whole of 2020 and every political thing that I'm not, I don't want to divide people. So we won't even go down that. But if our interest at hand right now is the vaccines and the virus and the fighting and the politics and who won the election and all of that, we need to be looking a lot farther because we're on the eve of this quantum evolution and who's going to be in charge of that. Hopefully not the people that are censoring our hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: you know, it's happened to me, my channel, all of a sudden last year, I don't know, somebody got wind of something and I don't even feel like I'm promoting anything that's that controversial, but my numbers went from growing and exploding to just like barely, barely, barely inching up. And in some cases, inching down and my views and my website and everything just went and it happened closely into last year. It happened to. Quite a few other people that are in the same space that I'm in. And yeah, I mean, it's there, there's other things going on here. There's other things at play. There's information that we're trying to put out there that somebody doesn't want us to be putting out there, I think. And people want to act like I have a tinfoil hat on, but I'm kind of used to that <laughs> after the last few years anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 way bigger than any of what appears to us right now. It's huge. Yeah. So the work that we
0: need to be doing right is getting better, getting well, right.
1: Right. So, um, when I started doing these live videos was May of 2019, when Instagram first started allowing live videos and I was just hiking. People thought I was crazy because I hike in the dark sometimes And I would have like 25 or 26 people that I was saying, okay, wake up, wake up. There's a pandemic coming, wake up, use ketosis and sunshine. Um, And now there's usually, I don't know, two to 300 people Mm -hmm. who are starting to tell me, well, I'm only here for the health stuff. And when you talk about the physics stuff, I zone out. And then like three months later, they're like, I can't believe I ignored that part. That's the most important part. part. So yeah we'll get there.
0: Yeah. I, it is hard for people. It's a race
1: of, are we going to get there fast enough? I think it's a race of, are we going to get there fast enough? I agree.
0: And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's scary to think about what could happen because of our children, you know, what kind of a future are they going to face? Really? That's, that's what it comes down to. I know you have small children as well.
1: Well, A couple things come to mind when you say that, I think that we have the ability to live to 120, 125, 130, if we clean ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you look like, you know, we have an entire population that's never been taught to do that. And we know with even the information on calorie restrictive diets, not autophagy and prolonged fasting and all the stuff I'm talking about, but just calorie restrictive diets, we know we can greatly lengthen our lifespan, which means lengthening our telomeres, our end caps of our chromosomes, right? Which means reverse aging, our DNA. We know that that's possible. So one thing I've been saying lately is dissociate yourself from your orbits around the sun, just because you're 35, 45, 55 years Mm -hmm. old, doesn't mean your cells have to be your cells are a product of how much sugar you've had, how much alcohol you've had, how much smoking you've done, how much not exercising you've done. So once you disassociate those, and then you start thinking, yeah, I could live to 120. Okay. Now, what, what happened when we got cell phones in our hands 20 years ago? This is a completely different world. You have the luxury yeah. of looking up anything. And this is why also I try to really, really be patient with people. Cause I understand that they're coming from different places, but to ask questions, like how do I make an electrolyte replacement? When you have a phone in your hand, <laughs> yeah, that you Google 2,500 different ways to make an electrolyte replacement. <laughs> you I'll tell you how to make an electrolyte replacement all day long. Right. But if you don't own it, you don't look it up and you don't go to the kitchen and make it. You don't own it. It's not your knowledge. It's still my knowledge. What good does it do you? Right. So if that's how you're interacting with me about an electrolyte replacement, when I start teaching you about gluons and standard particle physics and muons and leptons, if you're never going to have the knowledge for yourself. When I say that the thing, they're about to put their fingers in the singularity, basically touching God, that knowledge, you're never going to grasp it if you are constantly coming back and asking to be spoon-fed everything. So I guess in a sense, while I'm very patient and I try to keep going over the same things with people, you have to take some accountability. You have this thing in your hand that will look anything up. Now in the past 20 years, if we call that the cell phone revolution or evolution, when we have neural links in our head, oh yeah, connected to the internet, when artificial intelligence can feed anything into our contact lenses that will tell me anything about you, I'll be able to essentially read your mind and you mine. What are we going to do with when we harness that power? You'll be able to have, for those who can afford it, artificial intelligence level PhD information in any topic you want mainlined into your brain. If we make it that far, yeah, that's where we're headed. Yeah. And it goes even further than that. Like if that's hard, if that's too science fiction for some people to swallow, we're on the brink of that right now.
0: Right, we are.
1: It goes even further than than that. I mean, then you, when you start going into M theory, it starts getting really crazy.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, my daughter has non-speaking autism and can spell and say all kinds of stuff on the letter boards. I always knew it was there. Um, Just. And intuitively, I knew it was in there in her. Um, but we've done some lessons with her about some of this technology that's coming out with being able to kind of like read your thoughts and and have stuff out there. And she she said the other day, "Oh, I can already do that anyway, Mom. <laughs> I don't I don't need special lenses or anything. I can already do that anyway." Um, but yeah, it is it is kind of terrifying to think of. What people don't really know what's out there, what's coming, because they're just so caught in brain fog, and I think that's why I get messages all day about electrolytes, about fat protein ratios, like all like all day long. My DMs are always full of these questions, and I'm like, you, I, I think I have you in my head saying it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is hard. I mean, I have sympathy for the women who can't get off the couch. I know what that feels like to not be able to have enough energy to get up to, um, to, to take your kids to school and go back and do your day. I know what that feels like. So I understand that piece of it, but, um, to go back to the subject of your daughter, these children are telepathic. So in medicine, there's a couple of divisions that I want to point out science and religion are the same thing and the Vatican knows it and the scientists know it, but they want to keep them separate for some reason that I cannot understand. But when you read a religious text and you really understand the science of it, there's quantum physics in those books and it has been hidden from us for too long. Then we have the, 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 um, typical ivory tower scientists who sees things like autism at, you know, I have a different perspective on autism. Yeah. Um, who see things like autism and Asperger's and those types of things as deficiencies. So if you're going to study something like that, as a deficiency, you are always going to find the negative in it. Mm -hmm. And this is for a lot of the moms and dads who are listening, who have autistic children. I understand it's hard. I understand that they have meltdowns. I understand that they don't want to eat certain foods. I understand that they don't like the way that their clothes touch their body. I understand that they don't sleep. I understand that they're harder, to deal with sometimes, but what's locked inside those brains in many cases is telepathic. Mm -hmm. And the scientists, there's a woman from Harvard actually, who has studied these children across the world. And she has found so many of them that they can read minds Mm -hmm. across the country. So when you understand that the brain, okay, is an electromagnetic emitter and receiver for light, things are entangled. Things can quantum tunnel. Our electromagnetic frequency can literally move through walls and in the right, with the right mitochondrial energy production, your wavelength can be felt around the world. Literally that's what these kids are able to do. They figured it out. Their brains have figured it out.
0: Yeah. And we don't, that's the thing that I think people don't really understand of how powerful our brains are, how powerful we can be when we're really plugged in. I mean, my daughter was just, I think people with autism, not all of them, I can't generalize, but people like my daughter, children like my daughter, they're so plugged in to a source that I, it's like one day I hope I can, <laughs> I can see part of what she sees. I mean, she says when she hears music that she sees different colors and that different people, she said, have different colors. I, I guess I'm green. She says that I have a green aura around me, but it's, it's like in all of her friends that are the same as her, the non-speaking kids that are on the boards that speak they they all say things like this, you know, and we want to lock these kids away and call them crazy and put them on drugs. And And it's like, we need to be learning from them.
1: So I shared an article the other day about autism being a lack of pruning in the brain of a, of an infant or a baby. So when our nervous system develops, there's like, cut. it's like your brain is cut up into little pieces. The neurons are pruned. And in these kids there, that pruning doesn't happen. And so they have sensory overlap, meaning Mm -hmm. that their vision and their hearing and their touch, those things can overlap. So they would receive input from music as color, Mm -hmm. literally overlap between their hearing and their vision. The scientists for the most part who study that think of it as a handicap. Mm-hmm. It's not a handicap. It is a way that you can take in more information about your environment so that you have an advantage. And so one of the ways they distill it down, there's some researchers in San Diego who did a study on looking at colors on a screen and um, uh, associating numbers with colors. Mm-hmm. And the people who have those were be able, the people who have this sensory overlap were able to Determine words in the sea of colors because they saw these things as different. That much more information can be gleaned from the environment when you have that sensory overlap. It's like a whole nother level of knowledge. Knowing. It's a whole nother level of knowing. Yeah, exactly.
0: And you know, she knows she just absorbs the world around her. We never taught her how to spell, we never taught her any math. We didn't know that that was something we needed to even really be doing. Cause people were just telling us we need to get her to behave, you know, cause Herbie, she still has hard behaviors. She still has crazy behaviors, but that's been the key, you know, what everyone wants to focus on is the behaviors. But when we got her to work with a therapist who does like high level college level math, she was just flying through all these like complex math problems. And I just asked her, how did you know that? And she said, she said, "A uh, doctor Hunt. She said it's not that hard. <laughs> it's just patterns. <laughs> She's like, if you understand patterns, you can you can do any you know you can do any kind of math." And I was like, "Well, I clearly don't understand patterns. <laughs> that's not my thing at all." <laughs> you will, yeah, you get better at it. As staying ketosis, keep getting in the sun, continue playing in. And so
1: if we treated these kids that way, think of how much better they could be. Yep. And I don't mean better in terms of what mom and dad's definition of better is. We, as parents, we want our children to be like us. We want our children to go to the same school and wear the same clothes and have the same kind of friends and go to the football games and go to the dances and ride the bus, but These children aren't going to do that. Mm -mm. They're not going to be like us necessarily. Mm -mm. And when people come and don't like what I'm saying about autism and argue and fight, I understand that it's a very hard. I mean, look, Elizabeth Blackburn, who won the Nobel prize on telomeres and reverse aging yourself. What did she write her book about? Not how to do it with a ketogenic diet or autophagy. She wrote her book about how damaged the mother's telomeres are they have special needs children, which she defined as autistic ADD, right? That's what Mm. her book on telomeres is about. It's not about what diet do you eat? Mm. It's about how aged the telomeres are and the moms of special needs children. So I, I understand it's hard and it there's many sleepless nights and dealing with the meltdowns and the outbursts is really, really hard. But when you look at the the literature on ketosis, for example, just in epilepsy that Mm -hmm. you can increase someone's cognition by 40 or 50 or 60% by putting them into ketosis, what could you do with a child like yours? by putting them into ketosis and to extrapolate that even further then my mind goes to, okay, if we know that we can take a child with epilepsy and get them off of most of their medications by just putting them into ketosis and then the parents of those children who are studied and even the cognitive testing on those children shows that we've improved their cognition that much. Why are we letting the rest of the U S population of children walk around dumbed down by sugar? Why is that considered the normal? Why, yeah. why is that considered the normal? Because our government tells us to eat grains, right? It makes, yeah. when you look at it that big of a picture, if the entire U.S. population of children could have a 30 to 40 to 50% better IQ just by practicing these things that I'm talking about, why is, why is it not illegal what we're doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: It's, it's tough, you know, and that's why, even though I'm not like on a strict carnivore diet anymore, I keep the name carnivore yogi because I'm all about challenging, um, the narrative, you know, the narrative is you do yoga and you're a vegan, you're a vegetarian, you don't eat meat. It's bad. It's going to kill you. And I'm like, no, if, when I started eating meat was when I started getting my brain function back, when I stopped having joint pain, when I stopped being in pain all the time,
1: That's when I started healing made of those things, right? The the, the basic building block of your nerve is cholesterol, choline B12. I mean, the things that you get from eating animal products, right? Right. But this
0: narrative and it goes way beyond yoga. I mean, that's why I keep the name carnivore yogi, even though I'm not like a diehard carnivore diet person so much anymore. I'm more ketosis um, and sunshine, of course, but it, we have to. Start challenging some of these narratives. I think I feel like the plant-based narrative just keeps getting louder and louder and bigger and bigger. And I know you deal with a ton of it on your page of people just. Whenever you put up a vegan post, you I've, rep- <laughs> I've reposted you before in my stories, and then I get you know all my followers are like, "Who is this woman? I love her." You're like, "If you're vegan, it won't work." Like, <laughs> I like to poke the beast. You too. There's a couple,
1: there's a couple things that I post repetitively that. I mean, you love me or you hate me, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep bringing out your psychology until I figure out if I can, um, get you to see the light or not. Yep. (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) Well, people need to hear it. You know, they, we can't, like you were saying, how much could people be improved our children? If we put them in ketosis, if we got them off the sugar and the carbs and all of that food, how much more could their lives be enhanced, you know, okay. we could start so here's, young.
1: Here's what's coming next. We are going to evolve with artificial intelligence. We are in a type zero civilization. We are at about a point eight. Hmm. Once we command all the energy of our planet, meaning we have control over things like nuclear fusion and the collision of matter and antimatter, When we have things that are stronger than the most powerful bomb you've ever heard of at our fingertips, are we going to kill ourselves or are we gonna progress? So the projection is that we will become a type one, a type two, a type three, a type four, a type five civilization, a type five civilization in quantum physics or in physics means a civilization of pure light beings with no bodies. That's where they've already tracked that we're going to go. So we just have to get from a point eight to a one. And if everything that we are feeding into our phones and our computers is any reflection of what we're like inside of our heads. Mm-hmm. We're not going good places. Mm-mm. So if you look at what the bots do, if you look at what the bots say, if you look at what AI thinks about us, when it's left alone with our teenagers teenagers for a couple of days, it's not pretty. No. When you look at what they say about what, what it does with the King James version of the Bible, it's not pretty. It's not good. So if we don't, as many of us as possible, wake up to realize, okay, we have a sick world. We have a mm-hmm. sick nation. We have people who are mean to the baristas at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. We have people who are inflamed, who are short tempered, not their fault because nobody told them how to get out. And we start feeding the beast, different things. We are creating our next level evolution. When I said we're at the third quantum revolution or evolution, if you had told a cell sitting at the bottom of the ocean, a few hundred million years ago, that it was going to look like us, it would have, we would have been a God to it. hmm If I'm sitting here telling you that we're going to evolve to be pure energy beings. Let's say we're just a type two civilization that can command our galaxy and traverse our galaxy, which is where we're headed. You're not even going to know what that looks like. You wouldn't recognize it if it was standing in front of you, but we are building the foundation of that with what we are feeding artificial intelligence and with our brains being this sick and all of the fighting and the trolling and Mm -hmm. the nasty comments and the movements. I'm in this movement. I'm in this movement. Right. Right. So that's another reason that I'm constantly posting the religious posts of different religions to say, look at yourselves. They say, the take same a look thing. in the mirror. They're saying the same thing. Take a look in the mirror. Why is this triggering you? Take a look in the mirror.
0: Yeah. I agree, I completely agree. And we have to stop all of the crazy trolling and you know, just attacking other people and putting that negativity out there because it's not just falling to the one person you're directing it at. I think that's what people don't understand. It's not just the one person's post that that you're putting that under or the comments under their YouTube that that's that's getting that. it's it's much bigger than that, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just a reflection of your own psychology. It is right. We come in as a clean slate. So we come in, not being able to see the quantum world around us, the matrix of subatomic particles that make up this mouse. You can't see that this is really subatomic particles moving in and out of a field with massive amounts of space, but you see a mouse. So we come out of the vagina fresh from God, fresh from the singularity, fresh from the other side. And we have all of our families thoughts, hopes, dreams, clothes, education, financial well-being, or lack of well-being piled upon ourselves. We have so many blinders put on us. So not only can we not see what's going on in the quantum subatomic world of where we just came from, but then we have everyone else's behavior put on us. And that's what it's learning about us. And and we just are a reflection of the crap that's been piled on top of us. Exactly.
0: Not to mention that everyone is not everyone, but so many people are aging now and getting dementia, which is like type three diabetes. And so the brain fog starts, you know, younger and younger and younger. And now we have this whole generation of people kind of being put away. And that is a sad future to look at on top of everything else.
1: They're just dollars for the system. They're dollars for these expensive Alzheimer's drugs that don't, that mimic autophagy. literally $50,000 a year drugs on taxpayers money designed to mimic autophagy, which you could get into every single week. If you just pushed away the sugar and fasted. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I guess to kind of like wrap a little bit, to bring it all back in, I have so many followers and so many people that come to me that are my age a little bit. It's like, you know, forties is when it starts happening for people, sometimes thirties. I do have some women in their mid thirties that come to me. Uh, but it's mostly forties, fifties and beyond. And it seems like it's kind of the same person coming to me over and over again. I don't know if you,
1: you know. Same person, same questions.
0: Yeah, exactly. So to these people, you know, if you could offer advice today from them listening to this episode, what would you tell those people to do?
1: Change something every day. Commit to yourself that you are going to see yourself well. Give yourself a date, pick a date. So if it's August and you want to be better by Halloween, then say, I'm going to feel better by Halloween, but you have to change something every single day. Walk with me every day. Mm -hmm. You'll pick up tidbits and I'm giving it away freely. I don't, I don't want anyone to not have access to this information. So just listen to my live video for free every day. It's free, but change something, look in the mirror, put a picture of who you want to be on that mirror. Start with drinking more water. That's easy. Start with buying an electrolyte replacement. That's easy. If you don't have your water and electrolytes, right? Your nerves aren't going to function right. So Mm -hmm. just start with that. Start with the sunrise, start with eating seafood. Those are four really big things that you can do. No matter how sick you are, you can order cans of tuna on Amazon. You can order electrolyte replacement. You can Google how to make your own and order the stuff off Amazon. If you're that sick, start with that. Start I call it the quantum bridge. You can only change your future. If you can see it, you have to see the person that you want to be when you're well and reach out your hand to that person. I'll show you how to build the bridge for free every morning. You might have to listen to a lot of quantum mechanics with me because that's what I prefer to talk about, but I'll show you how to do it. You just have to see it.
0: I love it. I love it. And it's, you know, it's helped me. And so many people that follow me have reached out and said, thank you for sending me to Dr. Hunt. So I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're super busy because I hear it's kind of hard to get in with you these days. <laughs> um, but what's the best way people can find you? And and if they do want to work with you, if they want to learn more about you?
1: Uh, my main website is CourtneyHuntMD.com. That's where I do the webinars. That's where the book is um, for free. And, uh, then if they want to work with me one-on-one, I work one-on-one internationally with nutritional, nutrigenetics, light mitochondria, DNA counseling, um, on geneticprotocol.com.
0: Awesome. And And they're all linked.
1: So if you find one, you'll find them all. And
0: I'll link it all below. And we didn't even get into the book. It's like, we've been talking an hour and 15 minutes and we didn't even get into the book, which is (laughs) amazing. So you guys definitely check that out. I'll link it below. And, um, thanks again for, for being here with me today. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Dr. Courtney Hunt. As I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, all of her information is in the information section below this podcast. So please do check that out. Check out her book, leave her a review over on Amazon. It would be greatly appreciated. And you can use my code Yogi over at the Genetic Protocol store to save 10% off of anything they offer over there. Next week, I am super excited about Dr. Jack Cruz being over on the podcast and talking more about this light thing (laughs) that Dr. Hunt and I just scratched the surface on. So please do make sure you're subscribed, head on over to Apple. You can leave me up to a five-star review. It helps to get this episode and this podcast out to more people who could really benefit from this information in taking control of their health, in really cleaning their cells and making a big difference in their lives. So please do share this out. Shoot me a message over on Instagram. If you have a topic or a guest that you want me to check into interviewing, I will always do my best to find people who continue to open our minds. So thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Thanks again to Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this episode. Any of those lab tests you can get ordered to your home and use my discount code Yogi30 to save 30%
1: off. And I will catch you guys in next week's episode.